You also share with you every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. on the same conference line, our Bible study. Amen. We also offer every Friday evening at 6 o'clock Battlefield of the Mind. Amen. With Amen. our own First Lady, Marcus Stuart Runwick. So, again, he has blessed Mount Ephraim in so many ways of offering you God's word. Yeah. And we ask that you join us with all of them, perhaps at least with one. Mm -hmm. Today in Ephraim is our pastor's 14th pastoral anniversary. Amen.
We had a situation meet with our military. Their service, uh, we thank you for the service that they bring to this country, keeping us safe. Where so many other countries, Ukraine being the one, don't have the military force or the help they might need to keep them safe. So let us be thankful for what we have and keep our military safe so that they can come home to their several families. Let's pray for our youth who are with us, some today, Amen. and those that run the street from walk. Yeah, we will touch your heart, touch Please, your yeah. mind, yeah. and take away the evil that lurks within. Yes, yes. yes. Guide your hearts. Bring someone to them that can give them the word of God to teach them his way and not the ways of the world. Yes. Yeah. We also ask that you'll be with our bereaved, whoever and wherever they are. Touch your heart to make them know that be not displayed, but God will continue to take care of them. Yeah. We go into our prayer time for Mount Ephraim. Mm -hmm. It's 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and 6 o'clock. But we here at Mount Ephraim, we pray without ceasing. Yeah. 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 So we ask that you will do the same and that your prayers will always be one and another. At this time, are there anyone? visiting us for the first time. If so, or if you haven't, if you're not visiting for the first time and you're a visitor and you just came back to join us again, if you care to, you can stand, give your name, should you have a church affiliation, you may say so. And a very, very, very sweet message. Amen.
Church, say amen again. Amen. One more time. Amen. 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 I greet you in the marvelous and magnificent name of Jesus, who is the Christ. What a blessed privilege it is to once again be in the house of the Lord. Yeah. How many are glad to be here this morning? Amen. 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 Where will we be? Amen. Amen. I have just a few announcements. I'm going to try to make them short. Just a few announcements that I want to make. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and sit down. Amen. Um, let me just say this. Let's remember to pray for all of our sick and children. Yes. Yes. Um, I can't begin to call all the names that's in the carol. Um, but I would call at least the founder's name. I can think I can get a pass with that and not call everybody else's name. Let's, let's pray for Sister Elizabeth Carter. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Let's continue to pray for her. And along those lines, we are so glad to have amongst us the very person, the very first person who was ever baptized here at Mount Eden from Baptist Church, um, Sister Armstrong. Amen. Yeah. to have Lottie Dottie and everybody. Um, one, of my, one of my best friends is here, Ronald Perry. So glad to have you, Minister Perry. Glad to have you here. Um, my ministerial sibling from Bob Memorial, Matthew Foy, and his son um, is with him today. So glad to have you guys here. I'm great to have my family members here. Um, and I, I get into this name thing and it's like you miss somebody. I definitely don't want to miss uh, Dr. Shipman's daughter. Glad to have you here um, with us today. Amen. And, um, and my daughter, let y'all in on a secret. Um, she is an RA and she's on duty. She's at Temple, but she's here at the same time. I'm trying to figure out how she did it. <laughs> if they call me, I gotta leave right now and I gotta take your car. <laughs> Always an excuse to take my car, you know. You know, you know I gotta get there. I'm um, definitely proud of her. I would share with you, um, you know that we went to Texas A&M this year, got multiple scholarships. Um, she decided to accept Texas scholarship, a 100% scholarship for the So she hasn't even graduated yet. She's graduating, graduating from Temple May the 4th with an undergrad. Great to have my, my, my big bro here, my brother and his wife, and, and their best, one of their best friends. So glad to have you. I'm so glad you came um, to worship with us, their family. Amen. Thank you very much. Now, a couple of announcements that I want to make. Let's be sure, and let's be sure um, that we pray. Let's pray for Ukraine. Um, I mentioned on last week that we've been working on getting an organization uh, that we can trust so that we can send some resources there, financial resources for the people uh, who are there. Um, so much are going on 
um, over there. And I said to you on last week that Dr. King said about Vietnam, the bombs that are dropping in Vietnam will explode here in America. Yeah. Don't think that that is not true for what's going on even today. Yeah. Um, um, and so if there's a problem on one side of the world, best believe it can matriculate over into our room. Don't, don't get too comfortable. The world is really unstable. If you're watching the news, if you're listening to folks, um, the world is really unstable. You can walk down the street and quite easily run into a parent who is cursing their child out so that the unnormal, the abnormal becomes normal and the normal becomes abnormal. Um, we have to turn this ship around. Um, Jesus says, and in, in the biggest thing is for the church to do it. And, and the church, the, the culture is trying to uh, trying to teach and witness to the church, and the church needs to be witnessing to the culture. Uh, Jesus did say, and ye are to be my witnesses, uh, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, we have a job to do. Amen. So let's do it. Um, let's do it as a church and as a community, but let's also do it as individuals with people that we come in contact with. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus is saying, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. Lift him up in your life. Lift him up with your voices. Lift him up with your actions. I say all the time, my father said, um, joyous what you do, speak so loud until I can't hear what you say. Amen. Now, I want to say how grateful I am for these 14 years here at Mali from Baptist Church. I love you guys so much, and I'm so appreciative of each and every single one of you. Amen? And I appreciate you so very much. Um, let, me, let me also say, um, because there are people that work behind the scenes that you know um, that there are things that wouldn't happen unless they're working behind the scenes. The, the first person I have to say that works indefatigably behind the scenes is Deacon, Deaconess Prince Ellis Stevens. Then let me say thank you to our trustees, our deacons, our deaconess, and the whole Mount Ephraim family. I just love you guys so much, and I am so appreciative of you so very much. Now, I think those are all the announcements. What about this music ministry today? Looking good, 
They may be well-dressed. They may even be walking in rhythmic cadence. But you never know what kind of burdens they may be carrying. So Jesus says this. Remember to love one another. Be kind to one another. Jesus says that it is by this that all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. I admit it saying two things. One thing I'm going to do, I said on last Sunday that I was going to start reading um, the 18 Articles of Faith, one each Sunday, because I want us to be so familiar with the foundation of our beliefs as Baptists. Um, so we're going to do that next week as Baptists. I'm at first. But the other thing um, that I want to say is that you, anybody been hit hard with telemarketers? Yeah. Or, or, or people that are trying to get you in these pyramid schemes and stuff like that. I, I you know, I've tried one or two, but, but I've stopped trying. And then they just, they're so persistent. You know what I started doing to them? I started telling them to meet me at church. Every time they call, I tell them to meet me at church. I give them all the church information, give them all the times and stuff. Meet me at church. I started telemarketing them. And all I'm saying to you is when people keep bothering you and pestering you, start telling them about Jesus and giving them the time and locations of events that are happening right here at Ephraim and invite them to come out. Amen? Amen. 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 Don't let them think that they're going to speak when they get here because they're not going to talk to anybody. We're going to speak and let them know about Jesus. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Get some Christ in you so you can leave me alone. Amen. Amen. Now, now, I think that's all that I need to say. Um, love you with the love of the Lord. Bless you. Bless you. The Bible declares, uh, bringing y'all the tithes into the storehouse, says the Lord of hosts, that there may be meat in my house. Prove me now herewith that I will not open the window curtains of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you shall not have room enough to receive. God, we're grateful for you. God, we ask that you would bless these, your people, that 
gifts, the tithes that are given will be used for the continued building of your kingdom and the tearing down of the kingdom of sin. God, we pray that you will bless them 10, 20, 30 fold to the point that they would recognize that they don't even have room enough to receive all that you are giving them. God, we love you, we honor you. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. People of God, say amen. amen. The ushers are going to be coming amongst you. At this time, as mentioned, for prioritizing offerings.
And after we sing our hymn of preparation, our sermon hymn, the next voice that you will hear will be that of the pastor of Prince of Peace Baptist Church, the Reverend Robert Shipman. Oh, 
and faithful towards me, always providing for me grace, great is your mercy great is your grace, he's a mighty God, he's a mighty God.
you know, all that, you know, all that, I'm not sure, unless there's another Robert Shipman in Philadelphia, I'm not sure we got to go to that belongs to. But he said something about himself, since he is a, 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 a graduate of the Reformed Episcopal Seminary. Uh, that says a whole lot about him. Everybody knows who's in the theological world that, 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 that a Reformed education is a really strong education. So bless you, uh, sir, for your work and your completion of uh, all that you have done there and for the way that you've blessed our people for 14 years uh, here at Mount Ephraim. I do want to say again, thank you, Pam, my daughter, for coming and sharing um, uh, with us on today. Um, your children have a tendency after you get to a certain age, they have a tendency to kind of guard you. And your daughters try to mother you. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are extremely grateful uh, for our families who contribute so much to the life of the church. Um, we, we know that there are people inside of the body politic before we got here who were dependable, but there are people that you know going to be there when things need to go down and ain't nobody else standing up. And that's typically somebody who's a member of your family, your close inner circle. So we're grateful for preachers and families. Um, this is my first time in Mount Ephraim. Uh, and uh, I, I, I thought it was interesting the way that the, uh, my church is located on 32nd and Burks, but I was coming from New Jersey and um, I had in my head one way to get here, but then when she pulled it up on Google Maps, it was talking about going all the way up on the boulevard and something like that. And down the ground. I, I'm saying, okay, give me the 32nd and Burks and I can make my way across town. Glad that you are here. Um, not only can I understand the impact of the presence of the Church of God in the communities where we live. I do not want to hold you very long, at least I'll try not to. I never make a promise, uh, or I try not to make a promise not to preach long. Uh, there was one mayor that used to end all of his, uh, that used to begin all of his speeches by saying, "I will be brief, no matter how long it takes." <laughs> Uh, to this wonderful inquiry, uh, all of you, thank you so much for blessing us on today. Uh, Listen, I, I tease my son, my youngest daughter's husband has a really deep voice, and I tease him sometimes, and because uh, I, I wish I could, you know, sound like some of you guys, and I would say he's got a rich, deep bass voice, and, I, and he's about like, uh, maybe up to my shoulders, I guess, maybe. And I always say to him, you know, how the Lord going to mock me and give you all that voice and give me this high-sounding tenor thing, whatever that is. And I can't even hold it up with that. So if you, will, if you will come down to the altar at the end of the service and let me touch the hem of your vocal garment, Father, forgive them, 
for they know not what they do, and they parted his raiment and cast lots. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse four says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. God bless you. You can take your seats. I want to talk from the subject for just a few minutes today. Why we preach. Why we preach. The Reverend Clay Evans uh, once sung a song and said at the beginning, as I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I've got a testimony. And, and I know that sometimes we, we are so accustomed to looking at our pastors and preachers um, as though they are uh, sometimes addendums to our ecclesiological agenda. Um, but I want to tell you today that he's here not because you call him, not because he had to be, but because he's got a testimony in Christ Jesus. God chose to come uh, to make his presence known in some part of this dynamic creation and spoke to Julius Renwick and called him and raised him up to be a preacher and to qualify him, in fact, to be the pastor of the Mount Ephraim Baptist Church. Your preacher has a testimony. In fact, purely from a human standpoint, we preach because we do have a testimony. Now, I don't want you to get it twisted. We don't preach our testimony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't hear that, did you? Yeah. We're not running around here trying to impress you with all the things that we can say and do, how we can string words together, how we can get to whether this is the epistemological or etymological uh, roots and backgrounds of words. That's not what we are here to do. We are here to proclaim a word that lifts up the name of Jesus. Your preacher's testimony is about the work of God. It's about the call of God and the reason that we that 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 we do what we do. His testimony tells others why we preach. For most of us, there are so many other things that we can do and could be doing. I had a, a professor in seminary one time say, "Brothers and sisters, if there's anything else in the world that you think you are more qualified to do, go do it." This is not. For somebody who's got questions and doubts about whether they're called to be in it. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. Um, we, we could be doing some other things. I did small electronics for a few years. I did uh, U.S. Steel for a little bit. A little while, I don't know if you all know anything about blast furnace. But I worked in a blast furnace in U.S. Steel for a little while. I worked for the United States Post Office for a little while. So there's a few things. And I tinkered here and there. When I was a teenager, I started tinkering uh, back uh, back in the day, uh, Dr. Rick which makes me, um, uh, which is the reason I love electronics today. Uh, back then, we didn't have all the screwdrivers and stuff that had rubber handles on them and stuff. And I used to pick stuff up with people through TVs and stereos. Uh, when some of you know about this. I'd go get them, refinish them, go out, take out all the then known tubes at that time, replace them. Well, one time, I remembered that I did put something in and I forgot to tighten the screw down. Well, instead of turning off the uh, current, I went over with my butter knife, which was what I was accustomed to one and I put it on here, and I've been in love with electricity ever since. So there are things that we can do 
that we don't do. We don't do this because it's our choice. Yeah. And I need to hurry because I've already taken too much time. Um, but something, something happened to us. The Lord made himself known unto us. And that experience changed both who we are and what we do. However, speaking of change, I am so often mystified by the fact that America today has become so averse to conversations about change, about people changing. And maybe the truth is that we are not averse to conversations, we're just so selective about what we want to talk about. America is averse to the idea of people being changed, people being converted. At least one state in our union has passed dogma, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, legislation that prohibits what they call conversion therapy. Now, I am aware of perimeters, the short and narrow perimeters of that, but I am saying the idea of saying that people cannot change somehow seems to be, to me, anti-American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone told me one day that people are fine. We just, we just need to leave them alone. Mm. I want you to think about that the next time you hear of domestic violence yeah, yeah, or yeah. child abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next time you read or hear about somebody who's been shot down the street for nothing in the street for no apparent reason, and then come back and tell us yeah. that everybody's okay, we just need to be left alone. Uh -huh. I want you to think about that. We often choose our ideology of okayness to justify our resistance to God's call to new life. It is true. God is calling human beings to new life. This is sometimes because we want no commitment or objection uh, to the things that we do. And so we reject the idea of change. The truth be told, if I can continue along that line, America itself is at its core an idea of conversion. The American ideal of democracy seeks to convert people all over the world from thoughts and theories of governments and monarchy, whether they are monarchical, dictatorial, communism, socialism, or whether they are tyrannical. They seek to change people's views all over the world in favor of a system that is managed, created, and controlled by, quote, the people. And that is indeed a conversion. Yes, it is. We are at odds with Russia and China right now because we have odds as to how uh, human rights should operate in their lands. We believe that they should change how they treat people, religious people, people who are multi-ethnic. We, we have a thing with how we treat folks. We believe in conversion in America yet when it comes to the Church of God. We've got so much negative to say about those people. I can't stand religious people. They're always trying to change somebody. Well, the truth is, America is about change, too. That's why people leave here from all parts of the world, and they come to these shores because there's a change in how they're treated. There's a change in their ability to interact and move about. In, in fact, that democracy itself is indeed a conversion, a changeover from what has been. Mm -hmm. The ideal of Americanism itself, the famed phrase that we are Americans, is an ideal that idea that holds up conversion from whatever a person is, whatever they are, 
that wherever they've come from, whether you are Russian or German or French or Italian and Sudanese or Ethiopian, Somalian, Egyptian, Ghanaian, Liber Lib Liberian, Sinhalese, whether you're from tribes or whether you come from the roots of Yoruba or roots of Latin cultures, whatever you are, American and Americanism seeks to downplay those things. Uh -huh. Because once a person has entered into the geography of America, Americanism seems to downplay what we are and emphasize the fact that we are something new, we are something different because we are here participating in a new form of government, in a new form of rule. So Americanism, in Americanism, culture is denied. It's denied its significance because in Americanism, we are sold or converted to an idea, to a different idea of life. I heard one of our beloved presidents say one day that no matter what rights you have, and he even said that um, Americanism, being an American, even trumps your religion. Well, y'all gonna get there after a while. You're gonna stop. You're gonna stop loving what everybody says just because they look like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always right. Amen. Uh, Americanism trumps your faith. Well, listen, nothing trumps God. Yeah, yeah. Nothing comes before God. When the injunction came forth, well before my birth, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And you shall have no other God before me. That meant even Americanism. Unfortunately, there are some people from our race, from our culture. Say it, Reverend. We have been not converted as Christians, but converted racially. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> stripped of their identity. Yeah. So thoroughly stripped yeah. that they have a contempt for people who look like them. They have a contempt for people who sound like them. They, they are embarrassed when they're away in other communities and somebody likes them come over and they squeeze their hands or tighten their fists because they don't know how we're going to come across in the presence of other cultures. We have not been converted as Christians, we've been converted culturally. Also in other countries, whether they're Islam, uh, whether they practice Islam, Hinduism, and other religions, there's a seeking to convert people to different lifestyles in a way of imagining life based on their beliefs. Yeah. And as we preach and teach God's call of us into, into the kingdom of God, as we preach um, uh, that people should be uh, amenable to conversion and to new life and to being born again and to being a new creature in Christ, we're not espousing a doctrine or a teaching that is foreign because human beings have for centuries and for generations uh, uh, had common conversations and have fostered this idea of persuasion and thus conversion to a particular viewpoint. The difference is that we get upset in America because Jesus is calling us to a different lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Not just a different view of life. Yeah, yeah. We preach this. This is called conversion. This is called being born again. Finally, along those lines, and I'll be done in another two and a half hours. We've been here for a while. Anyways, I don't mind being here some more. Uh, everything about our, our American politics, the radical nature of our elections, 
In fact, uh, back when I was in school, when they used to teach civics, some of y'all might remember that. If you well, back a thousand years Back when they used to teach civics, they used to teach that every four years uh, is America's way of uh, having a revolution. Because instead of fighting a war every four years for who will lead the country, we, re we, we revolt by voting. That's what we do. So, everything about us uh, has to do with uh, revolution, with conversion, the right that we have to boycott and to protest. All of that indicates that at our core, we believe that people should change. Mm -hmm. So my question is, if that's true, if we believe that people can and should change, then why are we content in making people feel stuck emotionally in their emotional and mental situations? We're around telling people that you can't change. And we're around telling institutions like the church that y'all need to stop change, trying to change people. Can I news break? That's our business. Yeah. 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 We are in the business of change. Anybody who doesn't get it, that, that we are in Christ, number one, because we have been changed, and we are speaking for him because he seeks to change others through us. Anybody who doesn't get that, you ain't got no witness of the church. Our title today is concerned with why the preacher preaches. Our primary text, which was from Luke 20, 23, 34, gives us a clear description of how we should see God. Too many people feel abandoned and helpless to change what they do or what they think and, 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 what, and what they think that they are destined to be. But in Luke 34, we get a description of someone who is greater than us, who lets us know that his is the business of molding and making those who were made in his own image. Yeah, yeah. But we preach. We preach because we have a father who directs us, who protects us, who builds us, and forgives us for the self-inflicted damage that we impose through our rebellion. And so, as Jesus was suspended between heaven and earth, uh -huh. his first thought was not even for himself. His first thought was for you and me. Yeah, yeah. And, and he didn't call on something or someone. I, I, I have issues sometimes. Y'all forgive me for this, but I have issues when we talk about, well, the universe intended. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are, are we a bit strange? Yeah. We have trouble saying God willed, but we can stand up and show the universe into the or Mother Nature desires. But we have difficulty saying what the revelation is that 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 God uh, in the beginning God created the heavens. We have difficulty acknowledging God in, in Luke 23, 34, the first word of Jesus' prayer for us was not to nature, was not for the universe, was not for the chemicals or electrons or whatever else we call in the order and operate correctly so that we can have a well-functioning 
said, they used to sing a song in Black Baptist churches, there's somebody greater than you and I. So he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Here's why we preach. First of all, people need to be reconnected with where they came from. May I ask you a question? I've been asking this for the last 40 years or so, so forgive my stupidity, but nobody's really answered it for me. I said, how in the world do we expect to truly know ourselves if we don't know where we came from? If we can't grasp the idea that God made us in his own image and in his own likeness, if we can't grasp the truth that if we do not know God, we cannot truly know ourselves, how are we going to make this journey? Yeah, yeah. And so Jesus says to his, uh, it says, hanging from the cross, Father, and look, look at what, he, what, it, what his request is. The request does not change their environment. <laughs> the request is for the Father to forgive us. <laughs> this is what we yeah. The need for humanity to reconnect with God. Through God's offer of forgiveness of sin. Yeah, yeah. That's what we preach. Yeah. We 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 preach we preach propitiation. Can I hear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We preach a sacrifice that was that was uh, worth that the, the, a right sacrifice for the right sin. Yeah. He he was the propitiation. He was the right sacrifice. But we preach that we ain't ashamed to say that. Yeah, he he was. For the right sin. We preach reconciliation. We preach that God in Christ wants to bring us back to Himself so that there's constant communion and fellowship. That's why we preach. Shoot, you gotta think I'm that crazy if I'm going up to church 52 Sundays a year just so the folk could evaluate what I get to say. That's why we preach. We're not trying to get an amen. We're not trying to make you think we know stuff. We're just trying to reconnect you uh, back to the God who so loved you that he gave this only begotten son. We preach it. Forgive them for they know not what they do. We preach in part, therefore, because people are ignorant of God and do not know what they're doing. Yes. They know the actions that they're taking, but they do not know the implications and the ramifications yes. of their actions. They see only in time while everything that we do has an eternal ramification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We often make the mistake assuming, you know, I listen, I'm 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 something years old now, and um, we often make the assumption. <laughs> we make the assumption that because we age now we know. There's some old fools as well as young fools. Age does not make you smart or wise. So we need an encounter with the Lord. Do I have a witness? I'm going to be done. I promise you in three hours. We preach because there's a need for change in human beings. Matthew 18 and 3 says, Except you be converted, except you be changed and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
entertainment, more than an exercise and futility. I had somebody ask me, why go to church and hear preaching? Because you ain't going to hear it done with nowhere else. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Amen. You don't, we don't be asking why you go to Met when you want us to hear a concert. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. You want to go where something is customarily done. Yeah. If you want to hear that, do I have a witness? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why, why do I need to be preaching? Because God is saying something, and it has always been God's, uh, God's M.O. to use what he wanted other human beings to hear. That's why we preach. Yeah. Yeah. You think it's about that little paycheck you throw out every once in a while? I could have stayed in the steel mill for that. I ain't trying to hurt nobody. I'm just trying to be truthful. That's why we preach. We're not preaching because there ain't nothing else we can do. We're preaching We preach because people think they know. But God knows that they don't know and preaching is God's invitation for them to come to him and find what they do not know or what or whom they have not experienced. That's why we preach. I ain't trying to stand back at the door just to hear you say, good job, brother. I ain't making toys. This is about life change. This is about people who struggle to know how to live, to struggle, who know how to make the best of the blessings that God has given them, who struggle to be whole physically, whole mentally. I ain't trying to hear no good job stuff. You need to understand when you see me why I preach. Amen. Yeah. I ain't got nothing to do uh, with you complimenting me. I, I don't, I'm not the first to compliments. Don't get me wrong. I think everybody needs compliments. Don't you like compliments? I know there's at least one person who says, I don't like no flattery. I don't like no flattery. I don't like no flattery. you lying. It all depends on who says something to you. I'm almost done. We preach. We preach because the Bible challenges us with this. How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How? Shall they hear without a proclaimer, without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? God sends his message through somebody, through some preacher. There may be one down in the pew that's got a sermon all ready to deliver when you walk out the doors today. And we preach because of the impact of sin upon the human body, upon the human psyche or soul, upon the human environment, all of which shall be one day redeemed by the coming of the Lord. And we preach because people share an alienated status from God. Yeah, yeah. Our job is to bring whether you like us or not. Our job is to bring you back to God. Yeah. The very fact that you don't like me might indicate for you that you really do need to be brought back to God. <laughs> Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. That's why we preach. But the gift of God is that we got confidence that the people who are under the feeble and frail and inarticulate voice of the preacher, we got confidence that people can change for the better, for good, that they can be in relationship with God, that they're broken. 
we preach because death exists. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We preach because sickness exists. We're not yeah. running around yeah. telling everybody they're going to hell. Because mm. I don't want nobody to go to hell. If you want to go to hell, go ahead. But you ain't got to talk about a church where you know it. <laughs>
And even though one way, one day we will die, death will have never have the victory over us. We preach because he loved us. Listen, I own his love. Scripture says, for God so loved the world. We preach because God complimented his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You're not hearing me. Preaching saves. Preaching delivers. Preaching heals. Preaching gives hope. Preaching brings change. That's why we preach and that's why you are listening. If you're witnesses today, and I'm coming to the close in a minute, but if you're witnesses today because he saved you, you are the preach. You may not have a robe or a car, but you ought to be a preacher. Amen. Everybody who's experienced grace ought to have some grace to share with somebody else. If you are a witness that he delivered you, you ought to preach. He, if he saved you from insanity, you ought to preach. Now, for some of you who don't know, and everybody is just about a breath away from insanity right now. So you ought to be thankful and go ahead and preach. Through another day, I have an apostolic friend who ends up almost all his statements and pray the Lord, I'm back, I'm saved another day. Whatever you want to say, you ought to be grateful. If he saved you from sadness, you ought to preach. If he saved you from yourself, you ought to preach. Because sometimes we're our own worst enemy. You ought to preach. If you know that he grabbed you from the hands of the devil, you ought to preach. We preach because people are satisfied with themselves and with their sin while God sees us for what we truly are, delirious, defective, and damned. We preach because we humans are not nearly as good as we think we are because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We preach because there is hope of change for the selfish and the self-righteous. We preach because there is hope we preach because there is love for the hateful and for the self-hating. We preach because there is hope for the self-indulgent narcissist. And God reaches out to you. God makes a way for you properly. And God speaks to you through preaching. In the closing moments of the gospel story, God gives us the information to proclaim his grace. Here he is. God of gods. God from God, the Son of God, placed the final appeal from the altar of redemption, from the altar of reconciliation, from the altar of sacrifice, he makes the final appeal. Mm -hmm. We are charged to preach it. It is a request to remedy the condition of willful ignorance, willful ignorance and its accompanying companions of arrogance and rebellion. Father, forgive them. The request of Jesus is forgiveness for forgiveness. His suffering and death are here being used to provide the impetus for grace. Yeah. And he died with our lives in full view. That's why we preach. The death of Jesus was to take away, to forgive our sins. Life born out of his death. Victory assured through his suffering. And he died. He died to kill eternal death for those who come to him. He died to relegate suffering to the status of a secondary vehicle to accomplish purpose with glory. He died. He died for us and we preached his death because his death was for
listen. One theologian said, maybe the church needs to get away from just preaching advice. Mm -hmm. And start preaching the gospel of the kingdom. This is it. Yeah, yeah. This is not about you knowing how to make more money because you deserve to be blessed. This is about you walking with the best. Yeah. This is about you being with God in Christ. This is about transformation. Ain't no wrong you get some having some money. Amen. You got some leave some other people for me too. Ain't no wrong. Ain't no wrong with you have money. But this is not about our prosperity. Yeah. This is not about our being our having positive self-esteem. You yeah. come to Jesus, let him fix you. Amen. Yeah. That's what my grandma and great-grandparents did when they said he's a heart fixer. Yeah. And he's a mind regulator. They were talking about the psychological, circles, psychological and therefore social impact of Christ upon us. He gave us the ability to make it through. I'm going to say this and I'm going to quit. Some, 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 some yes, wrote a little while ago, if you can't make it through the storm, how can you say that he's the captain of your soul if you can't make it through the storm? I'm here to tell you today, you got a good message. Preach that message. Go home and preach it to somebody. You ain't got to force nobody to listen to it, but there's somebody right in your circle who needs to hear that for sadness, he is the remedy. Somebody needs to hear for sorrow, he will fix you. Somebody needs to hear for grief, he will restore your gladness. Somebody in your circle, go ahead and preach the message. Don't be ashamed of the gospel because really it is the power of God uh, unto salvation to everyone that believes. Happy anniversary, Reverend. Thank you, sir. Happy 14th anniversary. Keep on preaching. Keep on sharing. Keep on teaching. Keep on encouraging people that God changes lives for sinners like us. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we have. Responded to the preached word. Listen, you may have had people coming by you telling you, hey, listen, um, whatever you're going through, the Lord will fix it for you. They're not just telling you that he'll get you out of the game. What they're telling you is that he'll change your life so that your life brings forth a different fruit. If you haven't responded to that message of hope, maybe you need to consider that. Maybe you need to think about that. You know, if somebody, if, if you got somebody that, that that you know needs to hear a word, you know, or you got the smart aleck in your life, you know, that's got all the questions. Maybe you need to say, you know, maybe you should stop asking all the questions and listen to some of the answers. Yeah. Because what he is able to do. I had a guy say to me, I worked in the department store some years ago. Guy called me up off the floor. He said, I hear you're Christian. I said, yeah, I am. He said, well, I'm not. I don't believe in your God. He said, but I worship at the Church of Satan, First Church of Satan down in Oakland, Pennsylvania. He said, listen, let me tell you, I want to show you the power. From here to Chicago, I can communicate with people telepathically. He said, I can have a body laying on the table and levitate it with my mind. He said, um, and, and, and I have people who are following me. What can your God do? I looked at him, I was a new believer at the time. I said, well, let me ask you one thing. So can you raise the dead? <laughs> can you give eternal life? 
It was paper doll on the desk and said, get out of my office. Yeah. <laughs> I want to tell you something. Of all the things that God can do and maybe even won't, the one thing that you want that he will do is save you. Yeah, yeah. He will do that. He will change how you think. He will change, you know, how those emotions get all twisted and screwed up and messed up. He'll change that around for you. You gotta listen to a priest's word. You gotta hear what God is saying to you and receive Him and watch Him change your life. So if you hear, or if you're listening, listening on social media, this word is for you. Come. In fact, Jesus says it that way. Come unto me, all of you. Those of you who have been laboring and you're depressed because you don't seem to be getting anywhere, come to me and I will give you rest. Yeah, yeah. Don't you want it? If there's somebody in the building today, would you come to him? Give him, give him your heart. Give him your life. If you're on social media, give us a wave. Would you hit one of those wave buttons or something? Hit something and just let somebody know that you are ready and willing to receive the Lord Jesus because you've heard the preach word. If you will, will you come now? If you're in this building and you've drifted away, you really believe that there was a moment that you said yes to the Lord Jesus, but you really haven't been faithful to him, although you know he's been faithful to you. Let me give you this challenge. Stop waiting and return right now. Yeah. You need to be yeah. a full beneficiary of the blessings of everlasting life. Yeah. And in today and on the fence tomorrow, just one year for you. You'll never get satisfied. Yeah. 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 So come on back. Come on back into the family of God. And be nurtured, be strengthened with the word from the Lord. And finally, for those people who are here, you're saying, Well, I haven't fallen away, and I'm, I've been saved a long time ago, but I haven't belonged to a church. Psalm, I believe it is 39, says, God sets the solitary in families. You got no business with making this journey by yourself. There's a family for you. We are the body of Christ. If you're going to grow, you need to be in the body. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the invitations. If you will, come now. Come and receive his grace.
So I should we'll, we'll have we'll have everyone march around. Is that all right? Oh. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We'll have everyone march around. <laughs> yes, come on. We'd like at this time to uh, take an offering for uh, this morning. Uh, we can't pay him for that came from his heart. But we just want to show our appreciation for the offering. And the plate is for anyone that has something for the pastor for his anniversary. Follow the direction of your ushers, please. We're going to ask everybody to stand. Let's, let's bless this preacher. What a mighty word we heard today. It was a transformative word. We thank God for this preacher today. Yes. Amen. Amen. To reiterate what, what Deacon Farrar said, the basket on my left and your right. On your left, my right. Yeah, your left, my right. Your right, my left. Yeah. Yeah. All right, your left, rather. The big basket is for the preacher. Amen. How about that? So I don't confuse myself, and in confusing myself, I'm confusing you. The smaller plate is for the pastor's anniversary as the chairman is Amen. Amen.
the deacons report that uh, we have one member of Canyon for baptism. Alright, so you heard the report coming from the Deacons Ministry um, that Sister Hollis is coming to us as a candidate for baptism. Amen. Amen. She's coming to us as a candidate for baptism. Um, all in favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed have the same. And of course, the no's did not get here. Um, Sister Hollis, welcome to Mount Ephraim Baptist Church. More importantly, welcome into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, let's give her a hand. Amen. Welcome now, we know that Sister Hollis does have family here at the Mount. She's the niece of Sister Clark and Trustee Cardin. Um, but, but I want you to take a look at your new family. Amen. Show us. Stand up, Mount. Amen. Please understand that the enemy is going to attack you. He is not happy about this step, this leap of faith that you have made um, for the Lord. Um, and he's going to try to make you second guess it. He's going to try to make you think that you are not worthy. Um, none of us are worthy. It's, it's great that Christ imputes or takes his righteousness and places it on us so that we become worthy because of him. And that change can take place that, that Reverend Shipman so eloquently preached today. Uh, we are so grateful for you. Um, just just fight, just be warned. Don't worry about it. That means that you have done the right thing. When stuff goes awry this week, don't worry about it. Just keep coming back. Just keep coming back. And God is going to make a way somehow and he's going to work it out and it'll be here for you. Now, I, I want you to meet with us on, on next Sunday at 9 o'clock in our chapel for our new members class. Amen? Um, if you're able. And so we look forward to seeing you there. God bless you. God keep you. The deacons uh, will get more information from you in, at the church, or they might have already gotten all the information that they need. Amen. 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 So you may return to your seat. We are so pleased. Heaven is celebrating. And my husband is celebrating. Is from Sunshine State. I understand she's going back to Florida for a moment next week. So we'll be praying for you in your travels. And then when you come back, if you can pack some sunshine, some Florida sunshine with you, you can be appreciative. Amen. Take the time to thank the Lord for sending our guest um, preacher 
um, Pastor Robert Shipman. We thank you, Lord God. Thank you for bringing the message for us to hear this morning. Um, thank you for letting God use you and bringing your family with you. Um, we wish you all blessings for you and your church and your family as well. Because we know on these times it's not easy to preach the word. You know? um, they say, how, how do we know that there's sin? So we, we thank you. You know, how beautiful and defeat it is for you to come and share it with our pastor. So, thank you for that. Um, we just thank all the members um, for constantly supporting the pastor through his 14 years here. Um, so, we thank all the visitors that came out. We really appreciate it. We, we don't take it lightly. You know, during these times, we have to love God. We have to love our pastor. We have to love each other more than so ever. Um, as hard as it is being a Christian, it's even more hard to preach. So um, we just got to continue to be loving and thankful. And um, Pastor, we just want to continue to thank you. Um, I know it's not always easy. Um, we want to let you know that as we love God, we, we love you. You know, um, we just want to keep encouraging you to keep preaching and teaching because it's what we need. You know, you may cut it sometimes, but it's what we need. We thank you for your service. We pray that God will bless and protect you and your family. That um, this God's the limit for what God can do. Um, we, have, we serve an amazing God, and we just really appreciate of all everything that you do. And again, we just we thank God for you. We thank God for everything. Yeah. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Again, let me just say um, thank you so very much for all that you that you do. Um, let me just say thank you to my wife. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. The job as a first lady is not always easy, um, and I recognize that, um, and I appreciate you for that. And thank God for my daughter. Um, and for my daughter, one is in Florida. Um, and I'm so appreciative of, of you guys. And thank you for Lottie Dottie and everybody. I'm just, I've just been touched. If it had not been for the church, um, I wouldn't have met, possibly not have met any of you. Um, and so I thank God for what the church does, how the church creates family. Um, you are my family. And so I'm appreciative for you for these past um, 14 years. And you might say, well, you know, we're family, but not biologically. Well, I would say spiritually, biologically, because we're in the same bloodline. Um, because the same bloodline that washed away your sins is the same blood that has washed mine away as well. So thank you so very much. Um, thank you for my family that's here. Appreciate you guys. I think, um, let, me, let me say this. This was the best sermon I've heard this year. I'm not capping, as the young folks would say. This is, I'm not. I'm not telling an untruth. This was the, and I listen to sermons regularly. I read sermons. This was the best sermon I've heard this year. It is impactful in its significance and it's relevant for the time. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much. Um, this afternoon, 3 o'clock, 
uh, Brian Baptist Church uh, will be here. Uh, Reverend uh, D. Omar Epps, Pastor Brian Baptist Church, him and his congregation and choir and everybody. They said that they're coming in great numbers. Um, I want us to be here. I'm waiting for them. I'm excited. I'm excited about that. Um, just glad for them to be here. Let me also say Trustee Alfred's um, daughter, granddaughter, and great-granddaughter are here. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to call on Reverend Shipp, Pastor Shipton, if he would come um, and give us closing remarks as well as the benediction. Good to see Cousin Brenda in the back. Don't think I don't see you in the back. Amen. Wave me in the hands in the air, waving like you just don't care. Good to see you. Good to see you. Sister Brenda, Cousin Brenda. All right, God bless you. I've said enough, let's hear our closing
and now may grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to thee from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, now henceforth and forevermore. Let all God's people sing together.